Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, creator of all things, who became our forgiveness in the person of Jesus, who stirs in us daily by the breath of the Holy Spirit. This God calls out to us, gathers us together, and asks us to serve God by serving the needs of others. It is this God whose steadfast love and mercy endures forever. Amen. It comes like a thief in the night, stealing health and hope. Lord, love, Suffering together, your people cry out to you. Under the yoke of many diseases, God's creation groans in pain. Lord, love, Dying daily, our brothers and sisters are ravaged by malaria. Lord, love, Resources at our fingertips, love on the tips of our tongues. We have an abundance of gifts given to us to share. Lord, Jesus. With our sisters and brothers in Africa standing ready to, to serve. Lord, Jesus. Lord, you teach us to love. And so in truth and action. Let us pray. Forgiving God, we confess that while we hear the cries of a pained world, sometimes we fail to act in ways that make a difference. Turn us from selfishness outward. Help us to listen to the voices of others who suffer in your neighborhoods and in your world and then respond with generosity of heart. Amen. Please be seated. The reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 18 through 23. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So no one boasts about human leaders, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future all belong to him. And you begin, belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. Here ends the reading. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God who is like a father and a mother, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus who is the Christ, amen. Good to see so many camp staff here. I know they're here every when, or Thursday now. And so many future counselors. 
I represent your local Lutheran Bible camps, where we spend a lot of time here recruiting staff, old and new. Four of our year-round staff are almost in the back row, and I hope you'll get a chance to greet them later. My mom's here, which should remind all of you that for us to stand here is to remember my father's memorial service. So I brought a gift from my dad's office. (laughs) And if you've ever taught here, you know that finding a dry eraser in the education building can be a tough thing. So I think he began to hoard them, and my mom will swear that he purchased most of these. But I'm here to tell you that there's two more bags like this at home. It's good to be here. If you watched the presidential debate last night and you happened to see President Obama, by most accounts, he didn't look comfortable. One of the commentators on CNN afterward made the observation that maybe it was because nobody's spoken to him like that for four years. Mitt Romney was in his face, throwing up facts and accusations, and the president didn't seem to like it. And in preparing this talk, it made me think that maybe it would be helpful for the president to have a court jester. The court jester, who in the system of monarchies would sit with the kings and queens in court and keep things light. But it was also the role of the court fool to call things as he or she saw them to say to the king or queen, you know you're naked and everyone's laughing behind your back. Maybe our president needs not two teenage daughters, but two daughters in college, (laughs) who would surely say to him, Dad, what you're pitching isn't selling. Well, I would compare that to us and this image of us running our race, our life. And if you are a fan of dog racing, which most of us are, let's be serious. (laughs) You know that dogs run around a track in chase of a rabbit. And that as this tradition has evolved, it was discovered that the dogs don't need to chase a real rabbit. They will run just as hard after a fake rabbit. And that's It's a little hard to see, but in the front is a bunny, a stuffed bunny. And the dogs running with all of their might to chase it and catch it. One of the uh, pastors that I like so much, Fred Craddock, he's a seminary professor and teaches a lot of us how to use stories in our preaching. And he tells a story that he swears is true, that he was visiting some former students in Connecticut And uh, the particular man he was visiting had a passion for greyhound dogs and would go to the racetracks in Miami and actually adopt some of them, the ones that weren't racing anymore. So Dr. Craddock's sitting in the living room watching the greyhound play with the children. It's a very affectionate pet. And then the children leave and the owner leaves. And Dr. Craddock says to the dog, so why aren't you running anymore? And the dog turned to Dr. Craddock, appreciating that somebody finally took him seriously, and said, 
well, I'm kind of in retirement. And Dr. Craddock asked, well, were you just too slow? Or why didn't you have uh, good enough legs? Or did you just get old? And Doc said, oh, no, it wasn't that. I ran for years, and I always came in first place. And after several years, I got a real close look at that rabbit. And I found out it was a fake. I didn't retire. I quit. Well, that's kind of the Christian analogy for what we believe is uh, the difference between law and gospel. We believe as Christians that when you get a taste of God's grace, you will experience something so real that everything else will feel like a fraud. You'll be captivated, caught in the net of God's love, and you'll drop your nets and follow. If you haven't had that experience, our prescription is find somebody to tell you about God's grace more and more and more. I'm here this morning on behalf of Mary Wenis and your Synod's uh, hunger team, where we were asked to pick up the mantle of the ELCA malaria campaign and to promote it. And Mary's really the one that should be up here speaking, uh, but it's, uh, she's here, so that's, that makes me feel good. Malaria is one of those subjects where you probably don't know all the facts, but once you hear them, it's going to be awfully hard to chase fake bunnies. I'm going to go through a few statistics. These are, we're going to start with the United States, because in the United States, we used to have a huge malaria problem. In the Civil War, you were more likely to die of a disease like malaria than you were in battle. Eventually, we brought malaria under control here. Even though the exact same mosquito that is transmitting malaria worldwide is still here in Thousand Oaks. These are numbers from the Centers for Disease Control, which started as a malaria preventative organization, you should know. And these are numbers from 2007, when there were 1,505 cases of malaria diagnosed here in the United States. It was determined that 1,503 of those cases were contracted overseas, which means there were two cases contracted here in the United States. In their research, they said one case came from a blood transfusion, and one case was actually transmitted by the Anopheles mosquito. Most importantly, there were no deaths from malaria in the United States, and that's typical, that's a typical year but let's look at the numbers worldwide. And if you can remember that number two transmissions here in the United States. Because worldwide this year, we expect there to be 250 million new transmissions of malaria, between 600 and 700,000 deaths, depending on how you do the statistics. 75% of those deaths will be children and mothers and that tone you hear every 60 seconds is to remind you that a child is dying from malaria every 60 seconds. The good news is, when we started this campaign, we were saying a child is dying every 30 seconds. 
Just a few weeks ago, I was using the statistics every 45 seconds. And now we're using a child is dying every minute because you know Lutherans hate to overstate things. So at the very uh, least, we want to be accurate. Well, those should be shocking numbers. Those should be, hey, the bunny I'm chasing is fake numbers. Because as we go through our lives and we make our choices, we have choices about where our money goes. We have choices about who we vote for. We have choices about how we advocate. We have choices. And if you are being educated at a fine school like this one, or if you're an educator here, it's important to evaluate the bunny you're chasing and who's following you. Jesus doesn't talk a lot about foolishness and wisdom. But what he did say about wisdom is that wisdom is made known by her actions. And I like it that Jesus made wisdom feminine because uh, the word philosophy, I'm a philosophy major here from Cal Lutheran, philosophy, the love of wisdom, Sophia. Jesus says, our actions show us to be foolish or wise. Not our theology, not our wisdom, not our conversations, but what we do, the bunnies we chase. Okay, so if you know me, you know I can't be serious for very long without introducing a little levity. So uh, notice what happens in a dog race when the dogs have a choice. A single rabbit manages to undo thousands of dollars in betting and end a race in Australia. It was a dog race, and just as the animals rounded a bend, chasing an artificial hare, uh-oh, the real deal jumps right in front of them. Confusion! <laughs> Greyhound number four left the track to chase the rabbit. Who can blame him? The race was canceled, and $30,000 in bets had to be returned. Isn't that funny? That rabbit So where's the wisdom in the dog that did as it was trained or in the dog who saw the real thing and couldn't resist? <laughs> like the grace of God came and flashed in front of me and then off he went. With malaria, these are the choices put before us. It's the only time in my life when I've been asked to go out to the world and state the obvious. God does not want us to sit idly by while this disease wipes out another generation of children in sub-Saharan Africa, in India, all over the world. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, with your grace, bless me with a firm resolve to trust in you, to have unshakable faith that you are leading me, even though I, am not really, I do not really know what it is you want me to do or where exactly you want me to go. Help me to be more like a small child, reaching up for the hand of a beloved, 
Center me, Lord, that in the midst of daily uncertainty and questions generated because of a busy life, that I may remain still and, like Elijah, hear the gentle whisper of your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come visit us at El Camino Pines, where we remind our campers you don't have to be Lutheran to go to heaven, but why take the chance? Let us stand as we pray together. Almighty God, you rule from a gracious heart with love and mercy. Inspire governments and leaders to guide their people with justice and to work towards peace. Teach us to act with mercy so that the hungry are fed, the sick are healed, and the vulnerable are protected. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate God, you call doctors and nurses and healthcare providers into lives of caring and service. Strengthen the hands of those who do your work of healing, both at home and in faraway places, so that they may minister to others with courage and strength. Lord, in your mercy. Living God, you bring light from darkness and life from death. Embrace with your healing arms all those who suffer. Bring healing of body and mind to those who are sick, especially those whose lives are impacted by malaria and other diseases intensified by poverty. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We sing together our Remembering all those who suffer, mindful of those who are in pain, and encouraged to serve the needs of many, go in peace to love and serve God.